Hello everyone, Carter here with another episode of Out of the Hourglass presented by Nolan Consulting Group. Today's episode features the sales guys, Andrew Amrine and Jim Falk. They come on the show to discuss the highlights from their most recent advanced sales bootcamp. Their robust three-day camp sure had a lot to offer, but this episode features some of the main components, such as identity role theory, parent-adult-child, and the closing funnel. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to rate and subscribe. Enjoy the show! Jimmy, great to be back with you. Always good to be here with you, Andrew. I agree. Well, that's one person. <laughs> Producer Carter, I'm working on him. He's He might be. Might be happy. Are you happy to see us, Carter? He's got a smile under his oh, mask, I'm pretty okay. sure. He's with us. He's tired of our antics already. He We're is. Only 30 seconds he is. In. <laughs> we are talking about uh, the Advanced Sales Boot Camp. We're doing a quick review of the sales boot camp that we did recently, which we called Advanced Sales. It was a follow-up to um, our, our first sales boot camp that we've done for many, many years now, uh, focusing on the sales process. This one, uh, we called it Advanced Sales. I think also advancing in sales, things that sales reps uh, start to encounter at, at, after at least maybe two or three years in a role, the new things they start to encounter. Um, yeah, Jimmy, your your segue. Mm. What are your you're, thoughts? You're hoping there? I have thoughts. Um, I know I, it's a tall I, order. <laughs> it, it's no, I, I, <laughs> and we've talked about this before. And I'm telling you, to me, this the advanced sales boot camp. I mean, it knocked my socks off. Um, it's next level. So in in boot camp one, sales boot camp one, we talk a lot about the hard skills. Mm. Um, the nuts and bolts of the process, the system, you know, the, the different gears, the setting the table, the finding pain, to dealing with budget and decision. We talk a lot about the techniques, the word tracks, the strategies. Advanced Boot Camp 2 is more about the self. Um, as we're going to explore here in the next few minutes, it was more about what's going on in, in your mind. Um, what's keeping you from mm-hmm. getting to that next level? So it's more, it was more of the soft skills. And to me, you know, my epiphany many years ago was I, I spent a lot of time training the hard skills, but reached plateaus. And it wasn't until I started to address what was going on in my mind and rewire the way I thought that I got to the next level. Nice. Um, so that's what Advanced Boot Camp or Boot Camp 2, as I like to refer to it, was all about those soft skills making sure that the mind is wired properly to get to that next level. So we, we had a little summary of each of the three sessions. So session one was primarily about managing yourself and a mindset around that. Session two was primarily about knowing the customer and having a mindset about where the customer's coming from. And then the third was getting a mindset around getting agreement. Um, so certainly overcoming objections, but you know, you don't win everything, the closure, right? hundred percent. So getting a mindset around getting agreement. So managing yourself for me, this is the first session. Um, you know, when you're, when you're two or three years into a role, like you said, the, the new things that start to encounter, you know, it's, it's not just estimates that are demanding your time. Now you've, you've got a book of past customers, hopefully that you're developing relationships with, so estimates and appointments, that's two. Past customers, three. You've got crews and crew leaders that need your time, that need you to show up on job sites, managing that. You've got 
your own development, like attending an advanced sales boot camp. That, you know, so that's five things right there that now are pulling at your time. And if, if you don't believe that you can manage your time, if you don't have the belief that, t- that tasks are manageable, actually one of the, I should correct that statement, one of the points I made was that you can't actually manage time. Jim, can you, can you add more hours to the day? I wish I could, but I cannot. I heard that producer Carter had a way of sh- of expanding time, but I I don't I don't think I'm right. So you can't actually ex- manage time. What you can manage are tasks, and so if you have to one, you have to believe that tasks are manageable. You have to believe that you actually can manage your tasks, and then you've got to believe that you can go out and do it. So a mindset around all those areas that that as you grow as a sales rep, you got more and more things pulling at your time. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, and I, I always think back, I know you, you spoke a little bit about this at the Advanced Boot Camp, uh, the, the Covey's time management mm. um, quadrant. And so many times we find that uh, the most important quadrant and where we really should be spending our time is that quadrant two. Um, items that are important, but not necessarily urgent. And we don't do enough planning. We don't do enough personal development because we're not managing our tasks. We let, you know, crises or putting out fires or that, that mm-hmm. call that seemingly seems so urgent to, to take up all the time in our day. And, you know, without managing our own tasks and activities, those things are going to find a way in. You really have to block and you, you got to, you got to defend. I, I've said this over and over. You really have to defend time on your calendar for some of those types of activities. A little shout out uh, also to um, Brian Nolan and Phil Baglioni. They did a great segment uh, on this around mindset. And there are three things that you need. You need to be committed, you need to be coachable, and you need to be aware in the moment. If you're gonna change your behaviors, those three things. And so in the boot camp, we talked about being, how to cultivate those things. One of the ways of being aware, and I would, I would say probably the, the linchpin to it all, journaling. Mm-hmm. I know it, it, it seems not important. It seems maybe childish. My head trash around it is may, this seems a little childish, keeping a diary, you know. But it's journaling is a way of reviewing your day and becoming more and more aware of what's happening so that in the moment you can be aware. And that's when you start changing behavior is when in the moment you're aware and you say, I need to, okay, I got to stop doing it this way. I need to do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So day two, then we focused on, uh, we started off the day talking about identity role. So a little bit more about managing yourself. Jim, you could talk for three days just on <laughs> identity role, I think. I, I, I could, but I get, I get the feeling you're giving me three minutes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I again, I, I refer back to these soft skills. And, you know, speaking personally, you know, many years ago, we spent uh, years in sales training. And it was it was only until banging my head on a wall for <laughs> many, many years that I finally realized, you know, I'm doing all this training, but something's not right in my head. Something's not clicking. And when there's I started, a, there's a lot not right. <laughs> I walked, we'll, we'll fo- I walked right into that we'll, one. <laughs> we'll focus on this one thing for now. Yeah, and the more I studied it, I'm, the more I realized, like, 
in the beginning, I was all about the technical training. Like mm. to me, that's that that's where you know that's where we're putting motion to the pavement, right? Um, that's where that's where things are going to start to happen, and they they did to a degree, but not to the degree I'd hoped. And it, it was only until I took a step back after a few years of of going through this training, and you know, definitely experiencing a fair amount of hard knocks along the way. I started to study this concept of identity versus role uh, more closely. And at that point, because of my personal experiences, it really started to resonate. Mm. And I realized that I was, I was experiencing what Sandler called identity role confusion. Um, I constantly, uh, my identity was constantly affected by how well or, or, or how poorly I, I, I performed in a variety of different roles in my life. And I would let role failure, and in this case as a salesperson or sales professional, um, I would let role failure affect how I felt about myself. Mm. And it was this downward spiral. And Say, and that, I, say that summary one more time. I think this topic is, is so important, it's worth repeating over and over again. So that, that summary sentence you just said, allowing performance in your role yeah, I would allow performance in my role, both both good and and bad, affect how I felt about myself personally. So, in other words, I performed I performed good in my role. Let's say it was a given week, and I would feel great that weekend. I'm a good person. I'm a good yeah. I'm a better person, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the next week could come and go, and and things didn't go quite so smoothly. Uh, the you know the wheels came came off the the car. And I would be just kind of wallowing in pity and feeling bad about myself. I was in a bad place. My psyche was not strong. I'm a bad person. Yeah. I, I mean, these are the, it sounds silly, but these are the thoughts that go through mm-hmm. people's heads. And I just know from training other people that I, I'm not the only one. And it's, it's like when you find yourself, so one of the things I, I always look for when, you know, whether it's somebody on the Nolan Painting sales team or somebody, you know, that's part of the NCG network, somebody that we're training, if they if they constantly experience those highs and lows, because people that ex- that love those highs, chances are their, their IR needs some work. Um, because if, if you're constantly experiencing highs, that means that when there's low points, you're allowing that to affect how you feel feel about yourself in a negative way. And it was only until I started to really separate my identity, my feeling of self-worth, my self-concept from the roles I performed and started to realize, okay, boy, there, there's, some, there's some self-limiting beliefs in my head and I have, to, I have to rewrite those and I have to rewire the way I think. Mm-hmm. And as w- once I really spent some time doing that through a variety of different exercises, uh, that's when, man, I, I, I just, I just, it was like a rocket ship. It was like all, all, all these, all these things I've learned over the last couple of years, these, these hard skills, these technical skills, the, the process. Now all of a sudden it was starting to make sense and everything was clicking more in my head. And so that, that's why I really believe this, this advanced boot camp is so critically important to overall success. One, one thing we, we didn't mention about the first session uh, that we could mention here now, de- developing purposeful relationships. So we, we talked about having past customers, but I know a lot of people that have head trash around 
building new relationships, prospecting, networking groups. Oh, I hate going to these networking groups. Um, but all of this stuff uh, flows through, I think, and it's, it's the thing that applies not just to sales, but I think to every role. Um, so next up, we talked about the, the next phase in the boot camp was talking about understanding the customer. And so here's where we delved into some more advanced uh, interpersonal interaction with customers called transactional analysis. Um, I think worth noting, part of the reason why we don't cover these things in Bootcamp 1 and why we chose them to cover them now in Bootcamp 2 is we needed people to, to be able to identify with these examples. And so a lot of times after doing this for a little while, it becomes much more meaningful to talk about these topics. Mm -hmm. So transactional analysis uh, is a concept created by a, a gentleman named Eric Byrne. Jim, you know, you've championed this for a long time. And I think it addresses why in sales so many times, from one moment to the next, why customers can be so different. They loved me. I was at the house. I was asking them questions. Maybe I, I did the process really well. Two weeks later, completely different person. What <laughs> happened? And transactional analysis, so in other words, so transactional meaning analyzing the transaction of relationships, so that why it's called that, the parent, adult, and child, and that all three of us have these ego states and different needs within us, the parent, the adult, the child. So give us your your feedback three on minutes yeah, worth. give us your three <laughs> give us your three minutes worth this is this is a hard one to cover in it, just three minutes it really i personally believe this was probably one of the better sessions of the entire boot camp um because it, this is really next level thinking so yeah what we find is in within these three ego states so as a sales professional talking to a prospect uh we find that we have to satisfy different emotional states throughout the process. Okay. So for instance, um, you know, in the beginning of the process, especially when we meet with somebody the first time, we have to satisfy what we call their adult ego state. Uh, we're having very adult conversations. That's where things like setting the table come into play. Um, but then we find fairly quickly as we start to probe and try to find pain and, and practice things like inverting, um, we're actually trying to uncover the inner child ego state in the prospect we're talking to. Um, you know, I, I always reference that inner child is like that that kid that's 10 years old at, at Christmas. You know, for me, it was all I could think about was the BMX bike oh, that I wanted. I love that story. And so me, that's the inner child screaming out. Well, when you can find a prospect's pain now it's becoming more emotional and that's when it starts to resonate with the prospect's inner child okay they're the ones screaming out now that at this point it's not 10 years old and i want that bmx bike at this point is this person understands me they respect me and that's the product and that's the service that i want that's that inner child screaming out but then we also have to go back you know one of the sayings i always live by is people People buy emotionally and justify their decisions intellectually. Now, once once the child makes the decision to buy, we still have to address the parent and adult ego states again through things like understanding decision process and talking about budget. These are more adult and parent type conversations. At, at the same time, as the sales professionals, we find 
that 70% of our selling behaviors come from what we call our nurturing parent. And the nurturing parent tends to be the one that slowly is able to open the customer up, asking the right types of questions, mm. peeling the onion back, you know, thoughtfully walking through a pain funnel. And then thir- the other 30% comes from the adult. And again, so for me as a sales professional, I'm having adult conversations up front with- Adult meaning logical. Logical. Trying to remain logical. Yep. One of the things Sandler says is leave your child in the car. Yeah. Right? There's no room for a sales rep to be emotional. That's exactly right. Yep. Um, and then once, I, once I'm able to uh, play the role of the nurturing parent, and get the prospect's inner child to open up and become more emotional. Well, now we have to go back to having more adult conversations, the logical part. You know, we're, again, people justify their decisions intellectually. So this is where the adult conversations start happening again, um, meaning having discussions about uh, the overall cost, the budget, the decision process, timing. Those are all things that have to be satisfied as well. So, it's really interesting when you start to break down the process, you find that even though you're, you're maybe having a discussion with one person, you're actually having a discussion with three different ego states. It, it may sound complicated, but I, I think if you, once you start looking into it and you can, uh, you can identify customer behaviors with each ego state, not that it isn't complicated, but it, it doesn't have to be this deep psychological analysis of a customer. It's simply their observable behavior and why are they behaving this way? So that if I if I understand how the customer is behaving, well then I can understand how I need to behave and how I need to interpret their behavior. And maybe rather than getting defensive, I can recognize, oh, okay, they've moved into critical parent. I, I need to back up here and maybe ask some more questions. Knowing how to interact with people, one of, one of the things I like to say about this topic is that this is not about being manipulative. I think sometimes it can come across that way, that we're trying to manipulate the customer through some psychological tricks in order to get them to say yes, and quite the opposite. We're moving towards, and we, we talked about this in the third session, which is authentic agreement. Can we earn a customer for life? And that means I've got to be okay with no, because sometimes what the customer, I was actually just talking to John about it earlier today. He had a, an estimate today uh, where the, the owner wasn't there, the property manager was, and it just wasn't a fit. You know, well, we're just looking to freshen the place up. So understanding where your customer is coming from um, and getting past manipulation into authentic agreement, because I, I don't want to have to sell with gimmicks, with closing tricks or pressure trying to do make the customer do something maybe they don't want to do I could go in for the close it's about understanding who they are and as, as Gittimer you're one of your favorite quotes make make a sale earn a commission make a friend earn a fortune and this yeah. is the very much simply about understanding people and being able to meet them where they're at yeah, uh, and I, I, I can't agree anymore with that. I, none of this is about manipulation. As a matter of fact, there's nothing more authentic than, you know, having a customer and having these, these deep-rooted conversations and getting to the customer's inner child and, and getting to that level of emotion. 
once you're able to get to that level of emotion, you have a customer for life. So it's not transactional. So let's keep going on that because the third day we talked about finding pain and, and overcoming objections. And so, so getting to agreement. And one of the things we find is that as sales reps implement the process, they settle for problems, not pain. That they're they're talking to customers and they're they're doing an okay job asking questions. Maybe they're going too fast. There's time and task management issues. Maybe they're they're not recognizing the emotion. But getting to the question, uh, Jim, I, I just can't imagine how you were feeling at that point. And I, I have to say, we we had some good questions in the boot camp from the commercial side of things. I'll, I'll address. Maybe there's a perception that we are overly residential and this stuff doesn't work for commercial. But I, I got to tell you, quite the opposite. The pain is different. So in the commercial world, nobody showed up on time. They never stick to the scope or they show up. People don't show up. Mm-hmm. Whoever, whomever you're working with, you can get to the point where you can say, I just can't imagine how you felt at, the, at that point. Yeah, I I think the reason we added this piece, because even though we, we spent some time on, on finding pain and different techniques in uh, Sales Bootcamp 1, I, I find very, very often one of, one of the mistakes that a lot of salespeople make is that they settle for an intellectual pain um, or they try to uh, address a pain too quickly without getting to that level mm-hmm. of emotion. And, you know, Sandler called it an intellectual smokescreen. Um, so you might hear that, that somebody had some pain or, you know, yeah, we've had some problems in the past. And the easy thing to do as an amateur salesperson is jump on that. Well, you won't have those issues with us. Mm. You know, we do X, Y, Z. We're the best thing since sliced bread. Where a sales professional is really going to take the time now to peel that onion back. And, and Incidentally, that, that's the sales rep's child coming out. Exactly. Emotionally well, reacting. Yay, I Yep, I got the right answer. I, right I'm going to help them. I'm going to I'm I'm going to make that parent happy. Look at me. Yay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't um, you, you got to leave, leave your, child your child in the car. In the car. 100%. Um but what, you know, and I really we really wanted to focus on the the pain funnel because we find that there's three levels of pain. There's there's a problem, there's there's a cause, and then there's the personal impact. And that's where we want to get to. That personal impact is the emotion. That's the feeling part of it. That's the inner child in your prospect screaming out, you get me, I want this service. So in the commercial world, again, you know, one of the biggest pains is, uh, I don't want to say not getting fired, but not looking good in front of the boss. So the property manager needs to hire someone that looks good. And the pain is the last contractor did not make me look good. Mm Mm-hmm. This was a bad decision, and wow, I can't imagine how you were feeling at that point. I, I mean, did you feel like your job was in jeopardy at that point? That's personal impact. Oh uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, we hear this quite often. Well, you, you know, you're in residential repainting. You know, you can find a lot of pain there. In my industry, you can't find pain. And and I'll share from personal experience. I had very similar head trash years ago wrapped around uh, property managers and and selling to homeowner associations HOAs grow groups yeah yeah and I mm-hmm. I made I, I made the bad assumptions and my head trash and these self-limiting beliefs going off in my head oh they, they don't have any pain they always buy on price and I, and I'll tell you what happened I didn't sell any of them um, and again it was only until I started to rewire the way I thought and I sat down 
and I'm, I, I thought about where potential pitfalls could be when dealing with contractors. And when I started to, to really slow the process down again and start to get some of the, whether it was a board member, the HOA president, or a property manager, when I really started to work through the process, I found out that, gosh, there's a lot of pain. I mean, mm-hmm. everything from having poor quality work to contractors not managing the projects to blowing deadlines to uh, making individual homeowners upset, feeling like they needed to manage the project themselves. There was a plethora of pain. And my head trash kept me from finding that for so many years. Well, now, I, I mean, I, I have a lot of great property managers and HOAs that just come back to me year after year because I was able to find their pain. I took the time to find it. Every industry, there is pain guaranteed. Set yourself the goal, the, the listener here, if, you, if you're listening in, set yourself the goal on every estimate to get to a point where you can ask the question, I can't imagine how you were feeling at that point. Yeah. I've, I've, I've repeated it a couple of times. You can tell I love it. I mean, it, if we're not getting to that point, then we're not going to get to authentic agreement. Um, so the last then, overcoming objections. Um, Jim, you've worked on this. We've, we've innovated this sec, uh, segment for a while now, uh, walking through what we call the closing funnel, um, working through scripts. And I, I think the commonality here is that we, we want to passionately help sales reps hang on to that bone a little bit longer, um, not give up so quickly, and with strategies to ask a few more questions. And it's about fighting for the middle, right? So I, I have good time management. I've got good identity role. I'm okay with no. I recognize that closure is more important than a, than a win, getting yes or no. And now it's that middle. It's getting to that 50% or better close rate, fighting for the middle, um, not giving up quite so easily. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe I shouldn't say easily, but sticking with the close a little bit longer to win a fewer, a few more people over. Yeah. So closing funnel, um, you know, there's, we talk about a lot of techniques and strategies and, and try to turn those no's into yeses, but really the, the two key goals with the closing funnel is again, taking that what what was once an emotional conversation, which is now intellectual again. Now the customer has, you know, three proposals and it, a lot of times it just human nature comes down to, all right, let's look at the cost. And a lot of times they don't even look at the proposal or the details. Mm-hmm. And they, and sometimes they forget about the conversations that were had, even if we were able to successfully find pain. They look at the cost. So we're now having a more intellectual conversation. So the purpose of the closing funnel is twofold. One, to take what's now again an intellectual conversation and drive it to more of the emotional state. Okay. Remind them of a lot of the conversations that were had, but also to get to gain closure. You know, one of the things we talked about, well, we talk about in bootcamp one and advanced, you know, for, for me, my goal as a sales professional is to have a hundred percent close rate. And we talk about this all the time. It's not a win Mm -hmm. rate. Win Mm -hmm. rates different. Your goal as a sales professional should be to get a hundred percent close rate, meaning a hundred percent closure Every, every sale, every customer you meet with, they, you deserve a, just an honest yes or no at the end of the day. And so the idea of the pain funnel is now to take that open di- deal and at the end of that and at the end of the process, 
it'll be at least closed. It might be win. You might you might get a yes and goes into the win ratio. But no matter what, it ends in success because we got our honest answer. We got a yes or no, and we got closure. And the closing funnel, we talk about a lot of different techniques and strategies to help turn some of those no's into yeses. Keep the conversation going. Yeah. So I, I like to say at the end of, of the sales boot camps, one and two, um, the idea of giving yourself permission to fail and therefore permission to win so a well-executed next step agreement, a well-executed pain funnel, whether it leads to a win or a, or a lost sale, uh, is often worth its weight in gold, uh, just like a, the win itself uh, can be. Enjoy the process along the way and give, your, give yourself that freedom to grow and learn. I used to live my life by the scoreboard. I mean, I, I felt good about myself or bad about myself, depending on the score. And working very hard at my own identity role, uh, I've been able to really win more than I was before by, by being open to the pro enjoying the process and focusing on the process and letting the wins happen. Jim, great to be with you. Andrew, always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group a nationwide business consulting firm located outside Philadelphia, PA. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd like to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.